From the Ohio News Network, this is the ONN Daily Podcast. It is Friday, February 12th, 2021. From the Ohio News Network, I'm Daniel Barnett. The state announced earlier this week that Ohio's COVID-19 death total would have to be adjusted upward by 4,000 to account for errors in the Department of Health's tallying system. Yolanda Harris reports that one employee was allegedly at the center of the error. That person's job was to double-check the death counts, looking for any overlap in the two sources for the state's death data. Now, the ODH director says during the October surge, that person got overwhelmed and fell behind but didn't say anything. We are addressing it so that the public can have confidence in this. Health officials say they're working to avoid future mistakes and they have restructured the department and brought in additional resources. I'm Yolanda Harris. Governor Mike DeWine said yesterday that the at least 44,000 unemployment claims still suspected to be fraudulent continue to slow down the delivery of legitimate jobless benefits. More from Kevin Landers. Last month, ODJFS issued 1.7 million 1099G tax forms to individuals in whose name unemployment benefits were paid in 2020, but many of those individuals were never paid unemployment benefits and did not know their identity had been compromised until they received their 1099G form. Now, the governor called the fraud a national problem carried out by international thieves attempting to steal unemployment benefits. The administration didn't say how long it would take to go through all the potential fraudulent claims. From the State House, Kevin Landers. Now that the statewide curfew has been lifted, bars and restaurants can stay open past 11 p.m. Will UIC has reaction from owners. Establishments were closing during some of the most lucrative hours in the business. It's a huge impact. We always want that late night business. Our downtown location, our 50% of our business was after 10 before COVID. Now, after the state passed Governor DeWine's hospitalization requirement to lift the curfew, bars, restaurants, patrons, and diners can all take the first step to getting back to somewhat normal life. We are definitely looking forward to, to being able to go back to some type of normalcy. We're ready to go. I'm Will Uick. A Southwest Ohio lawmaker wants to give a break to bars and restaurants hit hard by the pandemic. ONN Steve Vaughn has more. Butler County State Representative Sarah Carruthers proposed legislation, House Bill 46, would exempt bars and restaurants from having to renew their liquor permits this year. We all can agree that bars and restaurants have been some of the hardest hit in this pandemic. Owners have had to close their doors, redesign their locations to pass state requirements. The bill would also lift restrictions on buying alcohol with gift cards. The bill is under consideration in the House Commerce and Labor Committee. Steve Vaughn, ONN. Family members of the 11 women killed more than a decade ago by Anthony Sowell, a Cleveland man who died in prison this week at the age of 61, held a vigil last night to remember their loved ones. January Keaton reports. National anti-violence activist Javon Pointer knows the families personally. Her own daughter, Gloria, was raped and murdered in 1984. Yvonne played a big part in trying to help the Sowell's victims' families heal. Pointer says Sowell's death may have felt like a hollow victory for the families. He caused a lot of pain to a lot of people, and some people in the families may feel that his premature death, that he got off a little easy. In Cleveland, January Keaton. 
The Ohio State Highway Patrol says the cost of providing security after the January 6th U.S. Capitol breach was more than $2.4 million. Lieutenant Craig Savetin is spokesman for the patrol. He says the extra security needed to patrol state facilities in the aftermath of the breach included $2.3 million in payroll costs. Along with members of the Ohio National Guard, the patrol prepared for potential protests January 17th as well as Inauguration Day on January 20th. Those costs are on top of $1.2 million spent to activate guard members for security duty. Attorneys for the Columbus School for Girls say a now former teacher at the school had a sexual relationship with one of his students while she attended the private school. Lindsay Mills has the story. According to a letter sent to the Columbus School for Girls community by head of schools Jennifer Ciccarelli, she received a credible threat about Stephen Pryor on October 30th, 2020. Now, more than three months later, we're hearing the results of an investigation conducted by lawyers hired by the school. They found Pryor did engage in a sexual relationship with one of his students while she attended CSG. They say it happened in the mid-2000s. Pryor has not been criminally charged in Baxley. Lindsay Mills. Representatives of minor political parties in Ohio are conferring on whether to appeal after suffering their latest blow in a legal battle for more visibility and access in state elections. Angela Ann reports. The 6th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in Cincinnati agreed with the lower court's finding against the Libertarian Party of Ohio, upholding the structure of the Ohio Elections Commission as constitutional. The seven-member board consists of three members of each major party and one who's unaffiliated. Libertarians argued the structure sets up an unconstitutional condition on its members' full participation in Ohio's political community. The court disagreed. Angela Ann, ONN News. With so many people desperate to get their coronavirus vaccination, scammers are trying to con people into paying for shots they will never receive. More from Andrew Kinsey. A cybersecurity expert warning that there's been a 400% uptick since December with the number of these ads posted online, and they are most likely bogus. Researchers at Checkpoint, a cybersecurity firm, attempted to buy some of the vaccines online using Bitcoin, but never received anything in return. Because of this pandemic that has been a boon for attackers, right? Um, we've seen that the way that they focus their their efforts has changed throughout the pandemic based off of what everyone is going through at that stage. I'm Andrew Kinsey. And Governor DeWine has placed provisions in his state budget proposal that would make it illegal to drive while using a cell phone without a hands-free feature. Angela Rygard has more on the dangers of distracted driving with Philip Renaud, director of the Risk Institute at Ohio State. Since 2013, the state has reported more than 100,000 distracted driving crashes, leading to more than 53,000 injuries. Distracted driving is right on par with driving under the influence. Ohio is one of only four states without hands-free legislation. In places that passed it or something similar, driving deaths went down within two years. Reporting in Columbus, Angela Rygard. Special thanks to affiliate stations WBNS-TV in Columbus and WKYC-TV in Cleveland for their contributions to today's newscast. I'm Daniel Barnett on the Ohio News Network. This has been the ONN Daily Podcast, a production of Radio Ohio Incorporated on the Ohio News Network.